ATP Fitness Podcast, and I'm absolutely delighted today to be speaking to a friend of mine, Barry Vaughan, who I've known for a long time now at this stage. I reckon my early days as a GA player, uh, I met Barry and we've just crossed paths continuously throughout that period. I feel Barry has a, a wealth of knowledge uh, and I'm really excited about what we're going to discuss today, which is going to be uh, stress and how exercise can play a big role in stress management. And we're also going to be discussing for GA players out there and field athletes out there, just how to deal with the current situation and keep your fitness levels uh, at their peak and, and stay in good both physical and mental health. So Barry, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So if, for people who don't know you, Barry, uh, could you give uh, a run through of how you would describe Barry Vaughan? Perfect. So I, I'm, uh, I started with sport and exercise science about 20 years ago. Um, started working in a gym, personal training, then got into a few teams. Um, by the time I was 21, I was training Clare football underage, Limerick hurling underage, then Cork senior football, then Cork 21 football. And if I'm thinking back about it, I, there's at least 50 GA teams I would have trained over the last 20 years. So that's, that's a good thousand players. And that's just GA. Um, and I kind of, I kind of started training normal people then after that. And, more and more injured people started coming to me through kind of accidentally really through referral from surgeons in Santry and Cork and physios and if you get one referral you do the best you can they go back to their care provider you end up getting more and more so lately the last 10 years I would say lately it's more and more, it's kind of half um, injured people or people with medical problems and half what you would call normal people that I'm training and uh also know the last couple of years I'm doing neuromuscular therapy and physical therapy and sports massage and that seems to be the way that my career is going for the next 20 years. Excellent, fantastic yeah. uh, and so I suppose we came across Pats again recently just by uh, your live Facebook which was a great class that you gave uh, on mobility yeah. and it's definitely an area every single person I think uh, can improve on uh, and once they're shown how the correct way but I think Something you touched on in your live, which caught my eye, was yeah, when you were speaking about stress management and how the movement really helps with that. Uh, for the current situation, we live, we are in a very highly stressed scenario as day to day right now. I think everybody could probably relate to that. So the first thing I'd like to ask is, what do you think of the current situation and how people are dealing with it? And what do you feel, how would you describe stress? That's the question I'd okay. ask. So stress, right? The definition of stress, it was Hans Sale um, first came up with the idea of stress and he, he termed stress as good or bad. He said you could have eustress or distress. And but by its nature, stress isn't a bad thing. Do you know, sunlight coming in the window on a plant is stress. Do you know, um, a wind blowing in your face is stress. And if you didn't have stress, you wouldn't have anything. You, you couldn't be motivated towards action without stress. The only reason that stress can be a bad thing is if it gets on top of you and you get that feeling of overwhelm and you get this this um, this fight or flight mechanism kicks in then. So your sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight, stress levels are too high, you'll feel that coming on. So I felt a lot of stress recently. I think everybody did. Um, you'll know when that's coming on because sleep will go, um, digestion will suffer. You get migraines, um, 
and a million other complaints. You know, kind of everyone has their own little weak point, don't they? You know, that one person gets stressed, their skin comes at them. Someone else gets stressed, their sleep suffers. And you'll know. And it's, then it's how to manage that stress properly and use exercise as a tool for burning some of it off. And you have to know when to push and when not to push, don't you? That is the, I suppose, the next thing I was going to ask is a lot of people are you know, probably exercising more than they have. For some people, maybe they're just using it as an outlet. Uh, and some people are probably putting themselves under more stress to try and maintain their, what they were doing before all of this happened. Can you see stress what, uh, exercise working in both ways to both create more stress but also to relieve stress? Yeah, I, I definitely think if you had a rigid um, exercise plan going in your gym or with your coach, you might have to be a bit flexible because <laughs> things are a bit weird right now. So, like I remember when, when you and I were doing powerlifting, if I was following my program and I'd five sets of five at eighty-five percent in the back squat, that's not going to happen this week because my nervous system is going to be all weird. And 85% percent intensity is not going to be 85% this week. That's going to feel like a million percent. And you're not going to have access to your gym anyway. Yeah. So chances are in the home setup that you are, you have light, medium and heavy things that you could be lifting. And you could be a bit, in, you, you could be a bit inventive. You could actually have a bit of fun with it. Like I'm doing a bit of online personal training now. They're having an awful lot of fun and getting videos in, people picking up their dog, lunging past the house with it. Bit of crack, like, because yeah. you need a bit of levity, you know, and you shouldn't be, your goals shouldn't be um, that aggressive right now. Like, you're not going to be um, flawless in the way that you stick to things. Like, you wouldn't be looking to aggressively cut body fat this week because... Yeah. Because that's going to impact immune function. And then who, like, who cares what you look like? You know, you'd be a very good-looking cadaver. Like, stay <laughs> healthy and happy this week. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. With you. I think a lot of people still have that mentality of like, you know, I need to be dieting as hard as I was pre pre all this, and it's just like, you know, no, that's really not the case. It's not yeah. at the right time. There's a time for that, and it's it's not right now. Yeah. Uh, something I wasn't, I haven't, I don't know in the the questions I haven't asked, but. One thing I do see, and I've taken it up a bit more, is is running on the roads. Not something I'm personally a big fan of, but yeah. uh, I do I do it once a week. But people are running a lot more now. I think from from a neuromuscular therapy point of view, any advice for people who say maybe don't haven't run a lot before, and especially not a lot of people fair play to them who are carrying a lot of excess weight and now taking up road running, and you're going to see niggins yeah. picking up. Do you have any tips or advice for people like that? You, you will, and you'll see them pick up a lot around now because people have about three or four weeks done of running and not just running, but running away. <laughs> so running away, running away from. So that fight or flight mechanism has kicked in and we all feel like running out the house and running. Like I keep sending that gift around to my friends of Forrest Gump out the front gate. <laughs> That's what we all feel like doing. Yeah. Um, but what they're going to get is you go from zero to hero. You've been working in the office. You've been doing a few spinning classes, doing a bit of weights. You go then to running three or four days a week like a maniac. You're going to get shin splints. You're going to get one hip that's sore, lower back pain, all kinds of trouble. Um, it would be a good idea to balance that out with a bit of healthy stuff. Now, that class that I'm doing on a Tuesday night, until, until the majority of people are back to work, that class is free. Brilliant, fair play. Well done, Mary. I would say I don't care if you're um, 
a weightlifter, a runner, or um, you play tiddlywinks, you're, you're going to improve by doing that class alongside what you're doing. I can attest for that. Those hip mobility exercises are killing me to do, but they're, 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 I can see like, the reason yeah. they're killing me is because I, I need to work in that Pretty area. Bad. You know, that exactly, you know? I get to hurt your feelings from over here. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, definitely people getting like understanding, listen, listening to a body will be a, a key factor over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, the body is a feedback tool. It's the, it's the most sensitive feedback tool in nature. So when you go into your car, you see the engine light come on, you, you haven't a clue what's going on. The, the human body is very, very good at telling you what's happening. Your, your body will tell you what's happening long before you know. So if you, if you can be clued into it, um, however you're going to do it, you might have to practice a bit of mindfulness or a bit of stuff you don't want to do. But if you start listening to your body, you would know what the story is. So you're a big advocate of exercise being a, a really good tool for stress, stress management. Like how, in what way do you see exercise as a tool and how could people utilize it for stress management. Good. So there's a thing in sports psychology called arousal, and that, that isn't what you think it is. <laughs> um, so the, yeah, I, was, I timed it. The, the anxiety arousal spectrum. So if you're, you remember the weightlifting example, you're, you're going to do a weightlifting competition on a Saturday morning. You wake up, you haven't slept because you're nervous. You, win, you, you, you haven't eaten breakfast because you're nervous. And you hope to lift 100 kilo and you don't because you're too nervous. Your, your friend hopes to do well and doesn't because they're too lazy. So um, athletes have been taught to control their arousal levels. Athletes do it. People in the military do it. That's probably where I came across this concept first. I was working with the Rangers for a little while uh, as a sports scientist. And they were, very good at, they were very good at controlling their arousal levels. So... They used to say that if you, did, if you weren't specifically told to be standing up, sit down. And if you weren't specifically told that you had to be sitting, lie down. And if, if nobody came and told you that you had to be awake, go to sleep. That's so really the, you would save your energy for when you need it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a huge, like, it, it's hard to teach that to a sports person. It, it's actually even harder to teach that to a busy, normal human. Um, but you must have the ability to switch on and switch off. And there's different prescriptions for each. And we all take our eye off the ball. I am doing quite a lot of new stuff, trying to pivot quickly and go online the last couple of weeks. I noticed my sleep was lacking. So I have to remedy that now and sort of do other things myself. Things that I know I should be doing, but these things have a way of sneaking up on you. You have to look out for yourself. Yeah, I'd definitely be guilty of uh, when like, giving people uh, advice on stress, etc. And then finding myself last week, definitely for me, it was probably the toughest week so far. Uh, just got yeah. things are gone top of me and got stressful. And what I didn't do was implement strategies that I've told other people oh, to do. Like, you know, you have to kind of, you have to rein yourself in and kind of just like, it's okay to forget a little bit as long as you remember again to come back and to, to kind of start doing those strategies again. And then they help as soon as you start doing them again. That's the thing. And there is a thing called um, social capital. Having social capital mm -hmm. or having a good network of friends is very good. Like, um, I think it's about three years ago, I helped to set up um, a, a private support group um kind of to do with stress and those people that have been keeping touch with we've kept touch every friday night from seven to half nine for the last three years um now that's that's unique i'm uniquely lucky that way but if you have a, a circle of friends that are very good it, it is no harm at all checking up on them yeah um properly checking up like actually just throwing a throw the video up on the table there and meet someone for a coffee 
yeah. there's your friend down the road that says he's fine might not be fine I think there's a lot to be said for a, an actual phone call versus a text message uh, you know speaking yes. to somebody and even better again as you said face to face like we are now I think there's a lot more in that than there is just an even in a phone call so maybe put yeah. time aside in the week to make a, make a list of people who and a lot of people will just assume as you said add or find their grand you just don't know so it is worth asking you know yeah so on a Friday or something, you know, put, yeah, a, put aside so. a, a solid hour and a list of five people that you haven't uh, that you've been thinking about, but you've been meaning to ring. Put it yeah. and just take the hour and just start ringing them, ringing them, ringing them. If they don't answer, at least you try. They might yeah. ring you back. Exactly. 100%. The same as call from you is better than that. I completely agree. So, just in regards exercise as the like a tool, like is it a case of people who have been exercising utilize that as much as you can, or would you advise people who are not exercising right now to maybe look at exercising as a tool to help right now with stress management so i'd say you're going to have two situations you're going to have mary that's been exercising five days a week rigidly um all the time with the last year or two and she's using that as a healthy coping mechanism for stress it's important that she doesn't let that go totally she could trim it down or modify it but it's important that if she's been using it she's been using exercise as her antidepressants with the last year the very last thing she'd want to do is come off that because she'll struggle big time. She'll get huge weight gain. She, her mood will suffer. She'll be, she'll be into her GP and the GP won't have time to see her. So she, her exercise could be her um, little rescue raft. You know, she used to keep that going. But if you have someone that has never exercised, um, to, them, to them it might be just getting out for a walk. Yeah. Like I wouldn't recommend starting anything big and scary right now because you have enough big scary things going on. Yeah. But it might be going for, I would say, a nature walk. And even... The, I did a bit of research uh, recently with a group called the Trifactor Group. It's, we did eight, we, an eight-week intervention of um, exercise, counselling and nutritional therapy for people with mental health problems and obesity. Wow. There were the two factors. And um, we, we found that a 20-minute nature walk in some countries is prescribed by the psychiatrist. So they call it green exercise. And the, the Japanese research says that... Um, 20 minutes of walking in nature has a completely different effect on the brain than 20 minutes walking in a city centre. That's really interesting. So really you've cool. heard of alpha waves and beta waves. Um, there's a huge difference in brainwave, brainwave activity from walking in green. You sh- um, apparently, you should kind of stay away if you're feeling any bit uh, cooped up or melancholy to, to go in a green environment rather than by the water. That's um, the water a bit like what if someone already has low mood? What water can be very melancholy? Do you know where green is more mindful? Do you know you've got natural sounds and smells and sights and tactile things and it draws all your senses in. You see someone looking across the waves, they're kind of going, oh, FML. Yeah. But like in, in nature, you're in it. Do you know? That's really it's good. It's a good idea. That's a really good tip. What simple strategies would you advise for somebody trying to cope with stress and overwhelm right now? So if you just pull out a piece of paper for your, say you're watching this at home now and you're suffering from overwhelm and you're not eating right, not training right, you feel ill Ill, Ill at ease, pull out a piece of paper, write down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Maybe schedule three little walks for yourself. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 20 minutes in the sunshine, if you can. On Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, write down something that you could do for self-care. Now, self-care, I would say, 
you could do meditation, but if you haven't built up the habit of meditation, you're, you're probably not going to start it this week because it's, it's a skill, it's a muscle that needs to be built. Now, there is a guy on uh, LinkedIn, Kevin Clancy, if you go looking for him. Um, I worked with him years ago. I came across him as a sports psychologist. He's doing free um, mindfulness sessions on, I think it's Zoom. Um, Anam Kara, I think, is the name of his group of friends, and they're doing it for free, I think. There's loads of free things out there. Yeah, it's great. Um, med- meditation would be good, but, like, I'm not great at meditation. <laughs> like, I, I can do it, but it's work. It's hard work. I struggle um, hard with meditation as well. It, it's taken a lot of practice to get there, but I think even some, some bit of mindfulness, like, as, as much as meditation, yeah. like a lot of people, no, you know. My, mindfulness is a slightly different uh, moniker. Mindfulness could be anything. How would you describe that to somebody, I suppose, to give them an idea of difference in meditation and mindfulness? Mindfulness is anything that draws your attention fully into the present moment. And I would be very good at that. I think that's why my clients like spending time with me, because I'm fully present with them. So I'm really listening to what they're saying. I'm with them. I say to my clients, for the half an hour or the hour or whatever that you're with me, for that half an hour, you're the most important person to me. Like say, when I clock out and go home, I'm back to normal. My family are number one. But for the half an hour that you're with someone, giving her full attention. Now, you could, you could make use of that by doing anything. I'm quite fond of juggling. You get three tennis balls, learn how to juggle. Because you have to be, it's a pass or fail mindfulness test. Yeah. You can't juggle if you're not mindful. If, you, if you're concentrating on yesterday or tomorrow, you will drop the tennis ball. Um, you've got... What have you got? Juggling. There may be skills that you have already would be good. You've got juggling. I know it sounds funny now. Knitting. Um, wood carving. Wood I work. I definitely work. find getting off my, uh, with a few golf balls there, uh, kind of trying to yeah. pitch into a hole, you know, something that has to just make you concentrate and focus is definitely... Perfect. Um, and what you'll notice then is if you, mindfulness is any activity that makes you concentrate hard on what you're doing. That's all it is. Yeah. Because people have a big problem differentiating their concentration between yesterday, today and tomorrow. Oh, if you're if you're worried about yesterday, you'll be more um, you'll be more uh, depressed or guilty. If, if you're if you're concentrating too much on the future, you'll be more anxious. So then, pick that activity that makes you feel good—a nature walk, golfing, whatever it is. Practice it. You'll know you've been successful if you do mindfulness properly. Just after you finish, you have what's called a gap. Now, in Western sports psychology, they call that being in the zone. In Eastern philosophy, they call it um, no mind. A nice way of putting it, that you're actually not thinking about anything. If you do mindfulness properly, you will notice a little gap. As a sports person, you practice mindfulness on the pitch. There was a player, if you don't mind now, I'll tell you, there was a player I was coaching once, and he was strong and fit. He was stronger and fitter than he ever was, but he was playing terrible. He said to me, Barry, I'm strong and fit and I'm, and I'm more skillful than ever. Why am I playing so badly? And I said, well, you, I think you probably know. <laughs> I said, if that's the way. I said, what's left? Besides all that, he said, my mind? Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I said, tell me what happens on the pitch. Ball comes in, he misses it. He, ball goes off down in play. He's made a blunder. He start, what does he do? But he starts giving out to himself. Ah, for the love of God, Ian, you're playing hurling 20 years. That was simple. Why did you do that? And he starts saying, why did I miss that ball five minutes ago? What happens if I miss the ball in five minutes' time? My coach is looking at me. He'll take me off. So what I said to that guy was, when that happens, stop. As the ball 
it goes down the pitch, you're going to have a period of time where you're not required to do anything anyway. So that's an opportunity for you to get your head right. So I said, while the ball's gone, stop. And then it's very simple. If you just use your five senses, if you smell, and you know that beautiful smell that we know too well. You have your grass, you have your muck, you have that lovely, dirty grass GA smell. Yeah. You know, you can smell grass, you can smell deep heat, you can smell, I know, Keen O'Connor having five different deodorants on that match your shoe. Um, and then look around, but don't pay too much attention. You can see green, you can see the signs of the side, colours, but you don't label anything too much, you don't get dragged into it. And then you hear, so you do different layers, near, middle and background. And then if you do all those for each sense, if you like, Joe, that's three now. Sure, you can feel a Hurley, feel a t-shirt, whatever, for a tactile. And then if you do that, you'll notice what you'll actually see is vision just goes zoom. You're, you're zoom. Yeah. Um, if you really do it well, your vision actually improves. Um, your hearing will improve because you're giving it your full attention now. So when we were lifting deadlifts in the competitions, do you ever do smelling salts? Yeah. Jesus, they bring, they work. Back, they bring it back to the moment. <laughs> oh, they work. Yeah. I remember I, I, I couldn't concentrate. I was going deadlifting in Gory and I was tired. It was 13 hours we were waiting yeah, around the building. Yeah, horrendous, yeah. Jesus. And uh, I, I had to go off to smelling salts. I swear to God, I could see the board without my glasses. <laughs> uh, you'd, know, you'd know often what to be in the present moment as soon as you smell those. One of my friends felt the same. He said, can I ever go off them? I said, yeah. I said, maybe don't, um, you know, don't, don't put your head into them. Yeah. And uh, Jason, if he's wrong, he blinded himself. You know, pulled his deadlift, couldn't see the judge, couldn't see the platform, couldn't see his way out. <laughs> Sounds about right for the smelling salts, to be fair. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I suppose, like, there's a lot of tips there for people to try and take on board. Uh, I suppose what I'd ask is, just for this section, is, like, what would your final message be for somebody who's just really struggling to deal with, like, the barrage of bad news that is, just seems to come every day? It's, like, new bad news. Like, what would be your advice to that kind of person? Okay. Um, so, first of all, we're all in it with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel the same as you feel. Ian feels the same as you feel. Um, where I would be lucky is I'd be very, very knowledgeable about where to go for support if I need support. Maybe know, know who you can and can't lean on. Yeah. And you can't ask someone else for, to give you something that they don't have. So if you, ha if, you, if you just felt very overwhelmed with depression or something like that, very, very sad, would be no harm just jotting down a few of the best numbers and have them pinned inside your fridge or on your phone. You've got your Samaritans, you've got Pieta House. Um, they, they'd be the main tool that I would have in my phone. And I would not be a bit worried about ringing them. That's something you I think it's a, it's a good point that you make there. Is like some people might feel they have to be in a certain level of low to make that call. That's not, that's no, not the no. case, you know? No, no. Yeah. Um, we're, my God, we can all be there. I could be there, I could be there yesterday, I could be there tomorrow. But actually being... Having the cop on to actually do something about it, though, is very important. And what I would say, I know it sounds funny now, they say it's great to lean on a friend or whatever. I would also say don't ask someone for what they don't have. Do you know? Uh, it's great to talk to a friend. But what I would say is if John rang me and John said, show up, Barry, I'm a bit down. I said, that's okay, boy, we all feel the same. If John, if John mentioned to me, she's Barry, I don't know what I just commit suicide there or something, straight away. Just stay calm, 
and possibly say to the guy, look, John, that's not a great thing to say. <laughs> so yeah, would you please ring this number, text him yeah. the number, um, uh, and you can check up. I think, I think you can request that someone would ring someone back if they were in bad trouble. Okay, that's but, uh, you wouldn't be ratting out your friend if you yeah. did that. You'd be helping yeah. them. Like 100%. they might not thank you for that you know, until six months later. But yeah, um, if I had to be a dickhead to someone and have them thank me six months later, I would do that. So yeah, like I remember a friend of mine actually. He 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 was fraught with bad news. His his um he had two bereavements in his family, lost his job, injured his knee, car exploded. All quickly. Uh, he had a nasty week, and I remember for him, my version of helping him, I noticed he was losing weight. My version of helping him was coming over to his house every evening, force feeding him shepherd's pie and apple pie for about three months. I just seen that he was losing weight, I didn't like the look of him, I, he wasn't eating. And I sat there, he was like eating his apple pie, and I, he was like, I didn't ask you to do this. I said, You've got this all wrong. I said, You've no choice. Yeah. I said, Eat yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I love you, you do the same for me. <laughs> no, he hated me. And six months later, he was quite happy. So. Yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's important just to, to not underestimate just that power of making that phone call of genuinely, I think going, I, I call it tier two asking somebody. So not just like kind of asking someone how they are, but just go to the next level of really trying to ask them again or just like make sure that they are okay versus like a typical Irish answer okay. like Ayrshire and Grand. You know, I think you need to go yeah. beyond that for a lot of people. And I think that will... Get, get people talk and I think something I've learned over the years is learning to be a listener which is something I really struggled with early on and not speaking brings out so much more from people if, so if so you ask somebody how they are and just stay silent for a period of time they nearly always end up telling you a little bit more than they intended to tell you I think when I got counselling before I, I was I, that's where I learned it it was the shock for me that I thought I was finished speaking then he would just stay in the nodding, so I'd keep speaking. I'm like, oh, I wasn't planning on saying that. I was like, whoa, that was very powerful. And also, if you're very careful and you listen to people carefully, you will benefit more from listening than you will speaking because they'll say something and you're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, God. That, and then you, what you don't do is go, oh, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. What you do then is just leave it and say, well, when that person was saying that, that actually brought up X, Y, and Z for me. Hmm. Hmm. And what I would say, go ahead and chew on it. Yeah, I think I've been very guilty of that reflection when someone says something, you try to say something back that involves a story you know about yourself. You know? Because it resonates with you yeah, and yeah. It, 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 with a certain memory or fear that you have. And you go, oh, me too, me too, me too. Because you want to help the person, but they need you to listen to them because yeah. they haven't had anyone to listen to them today yet. That's definitely a coaching aspect that, that you learn over the years, I think, definitely from year one to year two. So I think like just a synopsis before we went to the next part is really, you know, how would you synop how would you put a synopsis together of what we just discussed for somebody who's listening regarding stress and movement and exercise? I would say to you, although this is a terrible time, there's there's a unprecedented unprecedented opportunity for learning. Like what I have learned so far in the last month is it dwarfs what I learned the year before. Do you know? Yeah. about myself and about what people really need, what people really want. Um, you, this is a, like you, how you handle, I think um, our mutual friend said this there one day, I think Ian O'Connor said this on his um, Instagram. He said, how you handle these next couple of months will define the type of person you are. Yeah, if you're the type of person that checks on their neighbors, um, brings your family to see if they're okay, do you know, like just be nice to people. Um, 
you, you could benefit hugely from this time. You, we've all been living a little bit too quickly as well, I feel. And uh, the universe has a way of slowing you down yeah. when you need to. When I started doing neuromuscular therapy, I was keen to get clients and I was keen to get 100,000 clients. And I'd, I'd, <laughs> I think I'd have put 100 clients booked in and I slipped and fell and broke my hand. So the universe gave me a very good lesson there that if I had been less overloaded with work, less stressed out, I would have been concentrating better. I wouldn't have slipped and fell and broke my hand. Um, every injury you have, everything that you know, everything that slows you down, you can make a benefit of it. I think. But, uh, that's I came back from that injury with a lot of new techniques and a lot of new study done and a more balanced work-life schedule or whatever. You know. Yeah, that's fantastic. So thanks very much, Barry. That is part one of our podcast. I uh, really appreciate it. And as always, just uh, make sure, stay tuned for our next episode, which we're going to be discussing GA players and a bit more. So Barry, for those who listen to this podcast, can you just please give them some info on where they can contact you and what you have going on right now? Perfect. So probably the best place would be Barry Vaughan Health on Instagram um, or Barry Vaughan Personal Training on Facebook or just Barry Vaughan on Facebook. Excellent. And um, the things I have gone on for the next while now, I'm not quite sure how long this lockdown is going to affect businesses. And my, my, my main business of neuromuscular therapy is very hands-on and face-to-face. So if, if it's a couple of months more, I'll be doing courses. I'll be doing a lot of extra courses. And I'm doing a small bit of online personal training as well. Excellent. Online personal training. Small so bit. And a couple of classes a week. Main, a couple of classes for week, possibly free on the internet as well on Facebook Live. Fantastic. So Tuesday, I Tuesday half six on my Facebook live, I have a, a class called Mobility and Reset. So like mobility for your joints in your body, but a reset for your nervous system, really. You feel that, you know, your nervous system is getting out of balance, you're getting very, very, very stressed. That would be a good one to reach for. I think that's the best one. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Barry, and stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks, guys.